and good morning to the next segment. Guest is Lieutenant right. Governor Pamela uh, Evett. Welcome to the show, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. Oh, hello, everyone. Nick, that, <laughs> that's very sad for me, thinking we're going to have bad weather on Sunday, because I will be at Brook Green Gardens turning on the lights. Oh, oh yeah. Or night of a thousand lights on Sunday. So I'm going to pray really hard that weather either doesn't hit at all, because nobody wants to see three inches of rain. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to pray really hard because I've been so looking forward to getting out there is, you know, I've never been there during the the, the light festival. And so I've well, been looking forward to it for a month. You mean I beat you out on doing something? I've lit up that Christmas tree. <laughs> and you know what? Not. It is a wonderful um, festive experience and it actually really puts you in the Christmas spirit uh, to see everybody counting down and the whole big tree lighting up. And then it's so beautiful. There, it is one of the most beautiful places um, that I've seen here. So it's pretty cool. Well, I'm excited about it. And I'm going to cross my fingers and pray really hard that that weather just the wind blows it through or uh-huh. up north or down south or maybe just keeps it out in the ocean. Who knows? All right. Excellent. All right. What's going on in your world? I heard you in Puerto Rico. I was in Puerto Rico, <laughs> uh, the National Lieutenant Governor's Association. Uh, was hosted in Puerto Rico, and um, you know it was the first time I was ever there. And it, it's weird because it, you know we always have this idea that it's uh, you know well their their governor is a Democrat, right? Um, and so you kind of get this feel. But I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see that even though it's a territory that is has a, a Democrat governor, a, it's a much different feel. It is very about rule of law, and it is very family-oriented, and um, kind of that woke stuff is not going on there with it being a blue state. So that was kind of nice to nice to see, nice to hear. Yeah. And then was in Jackson Hole, just got back um, for a Republican legislative uh, retreat there, kind of talking about next year and the presidential and you know, we have all of our House members and Senate members here in South Carolina and what that looks like and in the, all the states around the country. So it was kind of good to get a, an overview and see, I mean, January is going to be crazy, guys. I mean, just with all the elections going on everywhere and, you know, we're the first in the South primary. So I hope everybody's getting excited about that. And it's very strange because it's on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so, you know, when you say that, people are like, no, it can't be on a Saturday. It is on a Saturday, everyone, so make sure you mark your calendars. All right. Now, I had to ask you about, I was just reading about this um, school safety um, and targeted, what is it now, the school safety bill or budget? It was a budget. Yes, plan. it's in our executive budget. Okay, tell us about that because we get a lot of questions about this, and it was interesting to read about the school mapping and stuff. So maybe tell us what's in the school safety executive budget priorities. Yes, yeah, so we, um, the governor, uh, put together this plan. Uh, General Assembly was approved to have one school, and it would be to train SROs so that we can make sure that we have an SRO well-trained in every school. And in our budget, we're asking for more money to make sure that we can continue that, to make sure that there is enough trained officers, because, you know, it's not just being a police officer. It's kind of understanding, like, what happens in a school resource situation. It's very specific training. 
But the mapping part is something that I'm very excited about. And I think as South Carolinians, and especially if you have a child in a school, you should be very excited about. So governor asking for one-time funding with um, some very minimal reoccurring funding to have school mapping done. Uh, this is something that the Department of Defense uses to be able to, um, so if, if, if a situation, heaven forbid, happens in a school, our law enforcement, they don't walk in blind. They know where every single classroom is. They know exactly how the building is um, mapped out. They can work with 911 to get them um, through the building without them kind of finally trying to figure it out. Save time, and it will save lives should uh, an unfortunate situation happen here. So very proud of the fact that we're, you know, carrying the flag on this one and really looking for the General Assembly um, to approve that in their budgeting. Because you know how this budget system works is we come up with our executive budget where we feel that things are important um, from our level. And then, you know, the House has what they want, the Senate has what they want. Um, but what we want is for all of South Carolina's children to be safe and for parents to feel safe when their kids are in school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just reading about school safety upgrades. So um, it says $20 million in non-recurring funds for upgrades. So that means it's a one-time deal. Is that it? Yep. Yep. Is that enough? Is that enough money or? It is. It is. And then, you know, we'll ask for some reoccurring funding because we'll want to make sure as buildings get changed, layouts change, new buildings are built that, you know, we never get behind. You know, it's always, I think everybody gets frustrated when you you do something and then it gets outdated and nobody Mm -hmm. kept up with it. So, you you know, you need to be realistic when you're, when you put together a, a good project that people feel good about. You want to make sure that it, it continues on in perpetuity. So some um, additional reoccurring funding to make sure that that all stays up to date, because I think we can all understand the value of that, right? You you don't want law enforcement to get in a building. We know when you go into a, a building of any kind, even to find a doctor and you're looking at boards, trying to figure out where everybody is, imagine in, in a stressful situation, our law enforcement coming in blind and not having a good lay of the land, kind of where are all these, where are all these rooms? Where would these kids be? Um, it definitely adds time to when you know that there's no time to waste. Absolutely. And I'm just wondering, I mean, I saw things mentioned like um, providing window covers and bulletproof glass and other relevant technologies. I mean, that's, um, that's going to be, um, you know, quite the expense and a changeover. We do see that there are some schools that have been approved to be built um, in the Carolina forest area or that they're talking about it because we are having overcrowding issues in the schools. Um, and so maybe hopefully these things will be budgeted. And now every school that is built from now on, because we are a growing area that's going to need a lot of these things, uh, new schools, that, that there's a protocol for building schools. Is there any chance that there would ever be a requirement for that? Well, I think, you know, when you set a standard and this will set a standard, right? So all new buildings coming on will have that standard. And, you know, buildings that are coming in, I think people that are, that are designing them, school boards that are looking at them are looking for the latest bells and whistles, right? You don't want to build a building uh, with specs from 10 or 15 years ago when we have all kinds of new threats and and more technology, and we want to make sure we're staying up on the times. 
we are a state that's growing. Um, you know, we have been very fiscally responsible and we, we can tell that, you know, keeping our kids safe, keeping our people safe, that's where your money has to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, listen, when I was putting my kids to in school, you know, it was post Columbine and that was unnerving, you know? Oh, and I know when you, when you think about the fact that like, I know even when, when my oldest daughter started school, there were no. You didn't beep it anybody no, in. People no. just walked into a school, you know, and you went to the front desk and um it was there it was it was very it was a much different time. Yeah. They even and, ended and, up banning parents from the school. By the time my daughter entered school in the mid two thousands, they decided to ban all class moms from going into the schools because it was too risky. I mean it went from all the moms that were there, you know, you know, make, bringing know. cupcakes and you go in for birthday, but all of that was eliminated, all of it. And I think we have to come back, you know, we say this with everything is the pendulum swing yeah. too far. Oh yeah. And, and I, and now, you know, the governor said it uh, in his state of the state and I continue to, to echo his sentiment is that we need to get parents back involved in schools. Mm-hmm. And you and I, let's talk about this all the time. You yeah. know, COVID did a lot of bad things, but what it did is it kind of re-engaged parents where parents mm-hmm. are saying, no, I want to know what's going on in schools. I want to be in my child's classroom to some degree. Um, and so that's, I think that's what you're seeing. I think the pendulum is kind of coming back to the middle where parents are getting more involved because they're demanding it, yeah. you know, seeing what's going on, being involved, Going back into school, I don't think there's a parent out there, and and I know when, you know, my youngest Jackson went back in, we would sign like a waiver, like if you were going to be a room mom and you were going to be in the classroom, you know, you signed a waiver to have a background check done Mm -hmm. to make sure that you didn't, you know, you didn't have anything in your past that would make people nervous that you were around their kids. So I think for every parent out there, they're very happy to do that. Um... Uh, but let's do that and let's get parents back involved because it helps the teachers too. You know, the teachers had those room moms to get a break, right? So we're, I can remember being a room mom and going out and watching kids on the playground so the teacher could have 20 minutes to eat and go to the bathroom and <laughs> make a phone call or yeah. do whatever they needed to do. So, you know, it became, a, it, it, that, that was big help to teachers. So we need, we need to make sure we get parents reengaged. Yeah. Um, I, another thing uh, I was seeing is that Joe Biden's planning a visit here. Uh, is what happens when something like that goes on? When you know um, a, the president plans to come by your state? I mean, it's not like you can ignore him, even, you know, just because he's from another party or he's the opposing candidate for the uh, current campaign election season. So, what do you guys do when that happens? Well, Liz, we really don't do anything. We we kind of ignore it, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so and the president know, and like, comes and you guys ignore it? Well, we, we there's nothing we really do, right? Like, uh, it, it's it's much different. The Biden administration has kind of ignored us as mm-hmm. a red state. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's just, you know, we, we would not greet him at the plane um, like we would if, if a Republican president would come mm-hmm. um, just because, it just seems to be the way we are now, right? Yeah. Uh, Wait, now it would hold be on. Different. So you wouldn't do any Obama Chris Christie hugs? <laughs> no, no, no. Christmas I, card yeah. list? 
No? Okay. No, it would be creepy. It would be creepy, but I do wear nice cologne. So if he started smelling me, that might be creepy, <laughs> right? Any kind of sniffing on it might be creepy. But, wow. Um, <laughs> well, you went there. I figured, all right, if you're going to start joking around, I'm going to joke around with you. But, you know, it, it, it is really a shame that now if he was here and there was a natural disaster and he was coming because of FEMA relief or whatever, there is a certain protocol. But normally in this cycle, if he's coming, he's coming to campaign, let's mm-hmm. face it, uh, that we, we are, I think, their first state in the Democrat Party to have any kind of primary. So he's coming here to campaign. We're not going to help him in that endeavor. We're definitely not going to bring any more attention to it than it needs to be. If he's coming here to tout Bidenomics, there is nothing positive that neither the governor nor I could say about Bidenomics because it has done nothing but put a stranglehold on the middle class. It has done nothing but put a stranglehold on people who are barely making it. Um, You know, I saw a crazy statistic that 22% of Americans are still trying to pay off last Christmas's credit card debt. Wow. And so Bidenomics is a joke. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's not working. Um, You know, groceries are higher. Energy prices are higher. Gas is higher. Bank accounts are lower. Uh, you know, I know a good gauge uh, that economists use for how tight people are living is how many utility bills are getting paid late. Mm. And that is a record high level. Um, so, you know, people are struggling. And, you know, even though people are making more today than they were uh, in years past, inflation is so much higher. And mm. and I try to I try to break this down really simple, Liz, because when you start talking about the GDP and, and all these things, a lot of people turn off, right? Just think about four years ago when you went to the dollar store, everything was a dollar. You go to the dollar store today, and that's something that I think everybody can relate to. You're paying a dollar twenty-five. Mm-hmm. That's twenty-five percent inflation. The most basic way to talk about it. Yeah. And that's what Bidenomics well, has done. It has brought that kind of inflation I'll, to I'll, us. I'll give you a, a little uh, anecdotal story um, that is really bothering the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, <laughs> to Liz. Be I want to hear it. Well, you know, we sold the restaurant to, you know, an absolute, utter pitiful loss. And we, um, Javier is working um, part-time at Tractor Supply. But luckily, they treat him real well there. It's a wonderful place to work. Um, the wages, eh, but, you know, they get uh, health benefits and stuff. It's nice. They don't have full-time hours. They, you know, they he had hopes of uh, working full-time after the restaurant sold. No such luck. He's on the hunt for months for a full-time job. But the wages are so terrible. I mean, I mean, people, you know, I it's and I understand it because I was a business owner. I know it's hard to pay people what they're worth. You want to pay them. You want to keep them. But the economy is just not dictating. You know, it, it's you're like stuck between a rock and a hard place. So, you know, things are paying jobs are paying twelve and thirteen dollars an hour. It's very hard you know, unless you're a professional with like an accountant, you know, something like that. Um, I don't know how people make it. There is like no living wage being paid. Um, I, you know, it's, it's really unbelievable. The job market. And, you know, and, and Liz, you're right. You, you were a business owner. I'm a business owner. 
I know all the business owners out there that are listening will be able to relate. You know, this is a this is a whirlwind when you talk about trying to pay your people because you want to pay your yeah. people well. They're yeah. your most valuable asset. But now let's look what crime across our nation has done to insurance costs. Ah. So if you're a store owner, right? Yeah. If you're and 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 now you're you get your new insurance rate, mm-hmm. and you look at what that's done to you. Now look at all the people who are stealing identities, and businesses that write paychecks. Because that was the job that I did, right? Mm-hmm. Now banks make you pay for all these new programs to stop fraudulent check cashing. Mm-hmm. That is an expense that goes to your bottom line. CMC right here in uh, in Casey, just outside of Columbia. Mm-hmm. I was there early in the year. Liz, imagine a company, and this is what they told me, because of Biden's horrible energy policies, they pay a million dollars more a month oh my in energy costs. <laughs> so that's $12 million a year. Wow. There's no more money to give out when ben- health benefits are going up. Property and casualty insurance is going up. And this is systemic. Just because we are a law and order state, you take any insurance company that insures businesses around the country, and there you see all this looting and stealing Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's a victimless crime, right? No, you're the victim. If you're a taxpayer, you're the victim. If you're a worker, you're the victim because... There will not be money to either up your benefits, add money to your 401k, or pay you more because mm-hmm. their general cost of doing business is skyrocketing because of horrible Democrat policies across the country. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, wish them luck. <laughs> well, this is why, this is why, it's and difficult. I'm going to say it talking to you from now until the presidential election. We can fix it, but we can only fix it if we get out and vote. If you sit home and say, I'm only one vote, it doesn't really matter, this is a sideshow, nothing will happen, you're wrong. That's what Democrats put out there to hope to keep normal, hardworking people at home. Because those normal, Mm -hmm. hardworking people will vote Republican, and the Democrats don't want to see them come out. So. Get out and vote. Make sure we need to turn this whole country red from the White House to the Senate to the House so that we can turn around these horrible border policies. When I was with the president, uh, President Trump at the Carolina Clemson game, you know, that's the thing he said. I said, Mr. President, what is the number one thing you want to do on day one? He's like, there's a lot of things I want to do on day one. But the first thing I will do is I will close down the borders. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I will do is I will unleash our energy production again. Yeah. Because those two things together will help the middle class. When he's dictator for a day. Yeah. Dictator for a day. (laughs) Well, you know what? If that, if that's what, if being a dictator for a day means putting Americans first and taking the stranglehold off the middle class, I can live with 24 hours of dictating. We have a lot of work to do, Lieutenant Governor, because it's our fault that Biden got elected president. I mean, we I did our we did our part here in South Carolina. Yeah, we have well, got we have but we have got to be together. They engaged South Carolina voters like n- none other, catapulting Biden into the White House. And you know, and I know, he came in here like a limping half-dead dog. Kind of like primary. he is now. Yeah. 
And and it's because of us in South Carolina for not doing enough to get the ears of the black Democratic voters that are suffering under Democratic rule, especially in James Clyburn's district. He got elected. That's what that's well, the only, that that was a turning point in his campaign. Well, you know what we need to do? And this is why I tell everybody. We have an amazing resume, and we have to not shy away from talking about how much back. Now there's a clear contrast, right? Mm-hmm. You can see there is not one person that can say that their life is better today, that they have more money in the bank today than they did four years ago. Yeah. Nope. And if, you, if that isn't enough to make you get out and vote, then I really don't know what it is. And don't I vote know. for yourself, and don't vote for today. Vote for your kids and your grandkids, because really that's what we're voting on now. Because we're strapping them with an America that we have never seen. And we don't want to see it. Yeah. Well, um, appreciate your time. And I hope uh, I hope we do get our, our game in gear here. Because we have a long, like, seven months ahead of us. I know. And pretty soon the Dollar General is going to be the dollar. It's going to be the, <laughs> what are they going to call the, the five fam- dollar Yeah, general. the family we're fiver. The $2. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, let's the go to the family store. fiver. <laughs> All right. Thank that you so pretty much. Good. We'll, talk- well, you guys take care, and I hope to see everybody out of at, at Brooklyn Gardens on Sunday. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.